my Lord and my God. I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. Well, we're still in the midst of taking our first baby steps in this new year. This is a time when people, everyone instinctively, wants to begin again. As you well know, the fitness clubs say this, these two weeks, well now we're almost at the end of January, but the very beginning of January is when people, many people take out new memberships, and then by, right about by now, they've decided, I can't do it. And so they, they quit. We, on the other hand, during this time of prayer together, we want to look way ahead and basically come down to this basic, very simple question. What can I do to make this, this, these 12 months that lie ahead of us spectacular? Spectacular installments in this ongoing process of our sanctification. I mean, each one of us is, is still very young, but as we know, you have to accelerate into the finish. And then comes the follow-through in any sport, even in, in chess. Uh, that's not true, but it doesn't matter. We have to accelerate, which means hastening towards the goal of, of heaven, taking heaven by storm. Well, that brings up the whole topic of strategy. How do I go about doing that? Well, the fact is that Jesus Christ himself not only said to us, be perfect as my heavenly Father is perfect, but he gave to the church, to each one of us, a magnificent gift. And he did so on the day of his resurrection. He said, he said to the apostles in the, there in the upper room, receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you shall forgive, they are forgiven. Whose sins you shall retain, they are retained. The Lord gave us this great gift of the sacrament of penance, of confession. It has to give us a real thrill to realize that, that this God of ours is such a God of mercy that he will do anything to forgive us. I mean, after all, the Lord himself, he gave us as the, you could say, you could say an insider's look at the heart of God when he told us the parable of the prodigal son, Jesus was saying, this is how God looks at each one of you. You are the prodigal son and the father, that is God the father. All he cares about is that we come back, that we go back. Day after day, day after day, he's there looking out the window thinking only one thing, I want, I want to restore this child of mine. God never gives up until he has forgiven the wrong and overcome rejection with compassion and mercy. We think of the other parables that Jesus told, the parable of the lost sheep, 
parable of the lost coin. The Lord is doing whatever he can to say to us that when we give God the chance to forgive us, he is filled with joy because we allow him to exercise his mercy. St. John Paul II, way back in 1980, 1980 is a long time ago, so in the second year of his pontificate, said the following, talking about the apostolate of confession, meaning our effort to let our friends know how highly we regard this sacrament, how much we need it, how much we love it. He said, those confessionals scattered around the world where people declare their sins do not speak of the severity of God. Rather, they speak of his mercy. And all those who approach the confessional, sometimes after many years weighed down by serious sin, in the moment of getting rid of this intolerable burden, at last find that longed-for relief. They find joy and tranquility of conscience, which outside confession they would never be able to find anywhere. The Pope, I don't know if you remember, but John Paul II, in a number of occasions, spoke with ferociousness, and that's not quite the right word, about this sacrament. When he was in San Antonio, Texas, of all places, he said, those who accuse the call of the church to repentance as coming from a repressive mentality are lying. Sacramental confession is not a repression, but a liberation. It does not restore feelings of guilt, but it cancels the guilt, dissolves the evil done, and bestows the grace of forgiveness. John Paul loved this sacrament so much and he saw it as such a key to renewal in the church that one of the very first documents he wrote was called On Reconciliation and Penance. In that document, On Reconciliation and Penance, he brings up a typical statement that any of our friends could say to us, and probably have. They'd say to you, why do I have to go to a priest? I can have Mount Royal right across the street. I can just go climb to the top of Mount Royal. And I can simply say to God directly, I'm sorry. Well, John Paul, very wisely, he said, it's not that easy. It, what he did say that literally is, it would be foolish as well as presumptuous, to arbitrarily want to disregard the means that the Lord himself has provided us, and to claim to receive forgiveness while doing without the sacrament that Jesus instituted precisely to transmit, to give us that forgiveness. In a very real sense, we, what he's saying is, who are we? To say to Jesus, you may have given us this, this sacrament, but I don't need it. I can go to you directly. Because the Lord will say to us, you need it. Which is why I, I instituted it. Why do you need it? 
Why does each one of us need it? Because of the way that we are built. If we were simply to climb Mount Royal, which takes 10 minutes, and then say, okay, God, I'm sorry, that wrong, that sin, is still in there. Whereas when we use the institution, the sacrament that Jesus gave us, when we speak, and then we, and above all, when we hear that word, those words, I absolve you of your sins, it's obviously not the priest who is absolving us, it is God who is absolving us. And as soon as we hear those words, we know, without a shadow of a doubt, that we have been forgiven. And furthermore, we know that the action of actually speaking, really, you can almost see us just sending out of ourselves whatever it is that has been burdening us, whether it be a regular confession, I'm sorry for my impatience, or chaotic, whatever, lack of order, whatever it is, or something much more serious. Undoubtedly, you've heard stories of, of psychiatrists saying to a Catholic priest, if my patients had access to this, of this sacrament, I would lose about 75 or 80% of them because they are so burdened. And through the sacrament, they would be unburdened. One thing for us to be, to be considering, even as we talk to the Lord about this great sacrament, is precisely how can each one of us become a merchandiser of the sacrament? We will end up speaking with friends, above all with family members, but you know, people will say to us, you know, you, you look, you just look so young, so joyful, so serene. Actually, to be quite honest, you glow. Why is that? Well, we have to be ready for a comeback. And it's not because we just came back from Florida, because we didn't. We have to say to them, it's because, A, I take my faith very seriously, B, I try to go to a, a regular mini-retreat to freshen up and have a little mini-retreat, and because I am walking around lean, clean, and mean, thanks to confession. And that, of course, will spook them, saying, well, what do you mean by that? I say, well, because... And then you can tell them the great story that we've prayed about before. That story by, about G.K. Chesterton that says everything. Chesterton, as you might recall, he lived 100 years ago. He was a very, very large human being. He was a writer, a journalist, and a, hard to describe. He did many things. He was not Catholic, and his favorite sparring partner in the press was George Bernard Shaw, who was rabidly anti-Catholic. Shaw got word of the fact, he got wind of the fact that Chesterton was thinking of converting. And so Shaw wrote in his newspaper column, I find the spectacle of your portly kneeling figure in the confessional to be incredible, monstrous, comic. Well, Chesterton, who besides being very large, was also 
very good-natured, which typically comes goes with the territory, and he had a lot of territory. He retorted to Shaw some powerful words. He said, when a Catholic emerges from confession, he truly, by definition, steps out into that dawn of his own beginning. In that dim corner, in that brief ritual, God has really remade him in his own image. And that penitent may be gray and gouty, but when he emerges from confession, he is only five minutes old. Well, that says it all. We say to our friend, the reason I'm so joyful and serene and glowing in the dark, it is great to be five minutes old. It is great to to be lean, clean, and mean or at least the lean part, although the clean too. St. Josemaria used to refer to the sacrament of penance as the sacrament of joy because it assures us, it guarantees our turning back to God. It restores that divine friendship. It, It strengthens our friendship with God. What a marvelous gift we have. As we look forward to these coming months, a great resolution for each one of us to make is to do whatever, whatever it takes to go to confession frequently. At the same time, we ask the Lord for great eloquence so that we can find the right way, the right time to to merchandise. Let's face it, there in that office setting or there with our buddies, we might be the only person in their lives who would ever bring up the topic. Well, that has to fill us with a great sense of responsibility and fascination to think, you know, I, little old me, I can end up being the equivalent of those those buddies of that paralyzed man, that paralyzed man lying on a stretcher there during the lifetime of Jesus. I can be one of those carrying the paralyzed man, making a hole in the roof of that house, lowering him down so that he would end up being in front of Jesus and have his sins forgiven and be restored to life. I can do the same thing with that friend of mine. A friend who I can just tell is just burdened. Well, as we finish this time of prayer, let us ask the Lord to put in, in, put, bring to mind the one or two or three friends of ours, colleagues, with whom we could have this kind of conversation during the coming weeks, knowing that if we can do it, that friend of ours will never forget us, will never stop thanking us, for having restored him to life. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this time of prayer. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.